0: welcome to how to invest a podcast to help you understand the basics of investing brought to you by interactive investor we believe investing is for everyone and this series gives you a step-by-step breakdown of everything you need to get started my name is Moira O'Neill and I'm joined today by Myron Jobson personal finance campaigner at interactive investor to cover how to start investing welcome Myron
1: thank you Moira. thank you
0: so After we've gone through the steps in previous episodes of how to invest, you should be ready to go. So, picking a platform, Myron, how do you pick one that does what you want it to do? Gosh,
1: that's a big question, isn't it? I mean, I think when weighing up the right investment platform for you, it's important to look at costs. Probably the first thing you should look at, and this includes the administration fee as well as dealing fees and any other extra costs. So cost charges, they can really eat into your returns, especially over the long run. So for those with a large pot size, the flat fee structure may be very cost effective, whereas those with a smaller pot size, a percentage fee may be more cost effective. Well, in the near term, um, at least. And extra costs could include fees for regular investing facility, which lets you pay in a small amount of money each month, which what a lot of beginner investors might want to do. Quite interestingly, we scrapped this fee at the start of this year, but most investment platforms levy a fee for regular investing, so it's always worth double checking.
0: Okay, so we should point out that Interactive Investor does have a flat fee, and that you're saying may be good if you've got a bit more money, maybe not so good if you're just starting out. You've got to choose the platform fee structure that's right for your own circumstances. Most definitely. So Myron, what other features should you look for on a platform?
1: Well, I think it's important to look at the investments available, well, investments that's hosted on the platform, because not all platforms are able to facilitate the purchase of some shares or even some investment trust for example. And Charges and services vary, but the best imple- investment platform for you is one that Suits your own personal circumstances, and when it comes to judging service, again, it's a matter of personal opinion. Some investors prefer lots of information, some investors prefer for their platforms to offer model portfolios, investment ideas, and a slick digital design operation and the app to manage their money on. Others are just happy for simple service as long as the costs are low. So, again, it's just up to your own personal opinion but it's important to make sure you investigate an investment platform before signing up and remember what's inside when you log in may not necessarily reflect the slick website outside.
0: So are there any circumstances Myron when you should look to switch platforms?
1: Most definitely I think you should look at switching platforms perhaps every year when you do your financial spring clean For example, you should definitely look at switching platform as you become wealthier. If you're on a platform that levies a percentage-based charge, the wealthier you get, the more you actually pay uh, in admin costs. So as you get wealthier, it might be worth looking at a a platform that offers a flat-free levy um, because that might be more economical to your needs.
0: Okay, so it's not something that you should actually physically do every year, but it's something that you should look at to review and check if you can get a better deal with another platform and maybe review that every year just to make sure that you're on the best platform for you.
1: Yeah, but definitely, just think of it like your car insurance. When you renew your policy every year, you might shop around to get a better deal really.
0: And when you're starting investing, people might think that they need to have some specialist knowledge behind them or do some training. Is that right?
1: Not necessarily. I know investments can be quite complex and it is easy to get overwhelmed with the different investment jargons. I think investors should just really keep it simple and just adopt a walk-before-you-run approach. I think if you're looking to invest for the first time, the best solution might be multi-asset solutions. Um, This this type of fund makes investment decisions on your behalf so that it splits money across a mix of different assets but mainly shares and bonds. But I think the difficulty for beginner investors is that there's just a huge amount of choice available. There's hundreds of multi-asset funds to pick from. So just to stop beginning investors from getting bogged down with all the different choices, we actually launched our quick start fund range. This is made up of six multi-asset funds that we believe stand out from the crowd.
0: Okay, so narrowing it down to six is a real help for a beginner. The other thing that people might be worried about when they're starting out is how risky the stock market is because they'll have seen some ups and downs and they might think, oh, if I start this month, then maybe I'll be picking a bad time to start investing. What would you say to someone who's got those worries?
1: Oh, it's quite risk is an inherent part of investing, so it's really important just to sit down and consider your own personal attitude to risk because it's hugely subjective because you might be happy to embrace double digit returns in good times, but can you take the rough with the smooth? If you have a high risk appetite or a very long investment time horizon, say 10 years plus, you might be perfectly suited to a high risk fund that invests only in shares. But again, you have to have a long term time horizon.
0: And of course, many of us have that long term time horizon. In fact, it may be much longer than we think we we have. If you, say, in your 30s, investing for retirement, that's a 30-year period. If you are even at retirement, um, you may be investing to generate an income from your investments. And life expectancy has risen such that many people are spending 20, 30 years in retirement generating that income. So for most of us, we're looking at a long-term time horizon, which can mean we can afford to take a bit more risk than we might think we can. But the other big barrier that people find with the investment industry is the sheer amount of jargon. Now, Myron, you've touched on this earlier, but how how can you steer your way through this alphabetic soup of acronyms and things that are there to just confuse and bemuse us?
1: It's important to do your homework. Investments can be quite complex and there can be quite a lot of jargon, but there's great resources out there available online if you just just do a quick Google search and there is help available. I think the key thing is if you don't understand something investment, just don't don't invest in it. Don't invest in things that you don't understand. Don't go for things you don't understand. Do your research. Be more versed in what it is that you're looking at. And once you understand it, then consider it.
0: And I think for most of us, the things that we really need to know what they are are ISA, Individual Savings Account, and SIP, Self-Invested Personal Pension, and things like funds, shares, trusts, keep it simple and try not to be put off. Myron, thank you very much for talking to us today. Thank you for listening to How to Invest. Please check out the other episodes in the series. And as always, there is plenty of information available at ii.co.uk.